0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bottled in China. This is the podcast where we talk about beer, food, wine, and everything yummy happening in Asia. Today, we're actually broadcasting live from Taipei in Taiwan, and this is a really special episode. We've got Dave Bob joining us. He's the senior brand rep for Kentucky Ale and for Town Branch Spirits. In this episode, we'll be talking Taiwanese street food, bourbon beer we're talking about vermont yumminess and food galore so you're actually going to want to grab a beer for this episode i also want to take the time to thank future war the co space out here in taipei for having us and allowing us to actually have our podcast right now big thank you if you're ever in taipei looking for a co-working space this is definitely one of the options that you'll want to check out i can't wait to get this episode started so let's go All right, everybody, and welcome to one more episode of Bottled in China. Today, I'm really lucky I have Dave Bob here, who's now in Taiwan. So we're actually uh, kind of streaming from Taipei, actually. But you were previously in Beijing, and now you're representing, you're the senior brand rep for Kentucky Ale and for Town Branch Spirits. So welcome on the show. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> you sound so... You sound like you're from Kentucky, but are you?
1: No, I, I grew up in Vermont. Oh,
0: ah, okay. We got
1: our own twang up in the north.
0: It was so funny. When I was seeing you cross the road, you had a Canada bag. I was so excited. I was like, Canada's here. But then you're not. You're actually from our rival maple syrup region. Yep. So how was it? I mean, Vermont is such a foodie area. Tell me about... Did that impact you? Because you know, you've done bartending. You've been restaurant manager. You've been in the food and beverage industry for so long. Has it been really from Vermont, or was it a start when you came to China?
1: No, no, I definitely was from Vermont. You know, growing up in Vermont, you don't really have a choice but organic or, you know, microbrews and, and things like that kind of growing up, you know, especially in my household, cooking and being creative and going to food markets uh, I grew up this way
0: and is this something new like when we think about all these new food scenes especially in Oregon in Seattle that's kind of relatively new but what about Vermont was that do you think that's where it all started all the food and craft food really started do you want to call that no, <laughs> do, no. do you think so or no <laughs>
1: no 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 ver you know Vermont's always been different in itself uh, and not different you know, to do it on purpose, but just as a way of life. Like we're super liberal. I feel like Vermonters do things opposite all the time because we prefer something local. You know, there's we're the only state without McDonald's in our capital.
0: Really? Okay. So our capital
1: doesn't have McDonald's.
0: So this is really like the foodie area. Now now you're actually based here in Taipei, which is another (laughs) foodie area. Tell me about how you got into the food and beverage industry. And also tell me a little bit about your experience in Asia so far.
1: Yeah. No, I I always had an interest in bartending. Then my my buddy took over a basement of a bed and breakfast Mm. uh, below Sugarbush Resort in Vermont. And then he really got me more into bartending and then, you know, kind of I got more into cocktails and, you know, craft beer and stuff like that.
0: Nice. And so we were just actually laughing because you said that the first time you came to China was around, I want to say 10 years ago?
1: 2006. So 2006. over 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And
0: you started in Zibo, which is out in Shandong. Yep. Which is, for those that don't know, is definitely not a city I think most people talk about, right? Nope. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you went to Beijing. You were, oh, you actually got a lot of, uh, I almost say prestigious awards almost, right? So in 2014, 2015, you were named Personality of the Year in Bar and Club. Yep. So restaurant personality from the Beijinger. Yep. From there, you've been doing barbecues for quite a long time too.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I always grew up northern barbecue, uh, slow cooking and smoking. Uh, I was always really into it. But I really got into it when I became the manager of uh, Home Plate Barbecue. So that Home Plate Barbecue started in Beijing. With the uh, owner and barbecue master, Adam Murray. hmm When he started, it, it was at college at Senghua. And mm-hmm. uh, he built his own smoker with bricks and metal uh, outside his apartment and started uh, delivering just to the college kids. And then that turned into his first restaurant uh, with another brick and cast iron uh, smoker that he built, which worked great, but still was MacGyvered. hmm uh, and then that grew into their flagship, sat over 200 people, amazing design, uh, right in St. Shanghai's always had more options. You know, it's always been a bigger city. It's always been more open to foreigners and to imports. I think most people have been pretty satisfied in the last years what's available in Shanghai for restaurants. But in Beijing, it's it was Dodge City. There weren't really that many options. So it was a lot of mainly foreigners coming in, whether they were going to university or working for financial or tech companies, etc. And they're just kind of like, oh, man, you know, I miss this type of food. I miss this style of food and just kind of doing it on their own and that building up to something bigger after a while.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about beer here, because I know you're. A big foodie, and also you're a beer lover. So you're also doing the senior brand rep for uh, Kentucky Ale.
1: Yep. So I work for, uh, we're Alltech, Lexington Brewing and Distilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, our beer is Kentucky Ale. Our spirits is uh, Town Branch uh, Spirits. So when we're, when we're not distilling and, and uh, aging our Town Branch bourbon and rye and American uh, malt whiskey, Uh, We're brewing our range of Kentucky Ale brews. Uh, But with that, uh, majority uh, of our beer, seasonal and year-round, is uh, Mm barrel-aged in our bourbon barrels that we just recently emptied.
0: That's so good, though. All of this, actually, do you think that Kentucky Ale was one of the first Beer, you know, breweries to really use the bourbon casks, or do you feel like they've probably really made it popular though, at least because it really is something now that when we think of you know bourbon aged beer, I always think of Kentucky That's the first thought. You're, you're just yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, tell me about that because now that's growing. Actually, there's even a shortage from what I've been hearing from friends that actually own a lot of like Couperage, they actually have a shortage of Bar- barrels because oh, yeah. the bourbon industry is booming. Everyone in the wine industry also are trying to age everything in oak. It's really the trend to do a lot of experimentation. Yeah. So tell me about using bourbon barrels.
1: Well, I you know we didn't we didn't invent Kentucky Hill did not invent uh, barrel aging beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was being done uh, a lot longer uh, before we even uh, started. But um, you know we we are making it. More popular, more mainstream. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're about 30 states uh, in America uh, with our beer and with our spirits. And we're over eight countries international, uh, including Canada, Mm -hmm. uh, parts of Europe and, you know, a big focus on Asia.
0: And everything is brewed back in the States. It's not like other breweries that, you know, try to make it here, but keep the brand. Is that no, correct?
1: Yeah. A- everything we do is done in uh, Kentucky. Nice. Uh, in Lexington. And we are opening uh, and launching uh, some new breweries and distilleries in Pikesville, mm-hmm. in Kentucky. But we're also launching in Ireland.
0: Okay. So why are you launching in Ireland?
1: Uh, th- this goes back to our founder. You know, so our founder, Dr. Pierce Lyons, the dude, is, like, I like the, that I'm calling him dude. <laughs> Uh, so he's a master brewer, master distiller, mm-hmm. uh, but he's from Ireland. So he he grew out he grew up outside of, of Dublin. And as a master brewer, he worked with Guinness and Harp. Okay. Uh, as a master distiller, he was the master distiller for Jameson. But then he wanted to change. He took a job offer, moved to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is over twenty five years ago, and for whatever reason, that didn't work out. So he decided to go on and do his own thing, you know, a few thousand dollars or more. And his uh, other focus was uh, yeast. So his Ph.D. was in yeast fermentation. Uh, So this is directly related to making beer and and spirits also. Uh, But he put behind the brewing and distilling and started focusing on All natural, organic, animal feed enzymes and yeast uh, to help uh, farm animals and uh, farm growth with plants. And 20 some odd years later, you know, him after him going door to door as an Irishman in Kentucky and everybody pretty much being all set. You know, he finally got that big sale Uh, and that grew and grew and grew. And Alltech, uh, which he called it, is worth well over $2 billion, mm-hmm. uh, and it's in 128 countries around the world. Wow. Yeah.
0: All right. Talk about a success story, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, he really did the American dream.
0: An yeah. Irish living the American dream. Yeah. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Not bad at all. So when you're talking about Kentucky Ale, you actually have a lot more than just the bourbon ale that I always know, yep. that I always drink. Tell me about the range, and also what's working in Asia. Is it still the the classical, you know, super famous bourbon ale? Or is it actually something new that people are trying to test out? Like right in front of us, I see a peach barrel wheat ale. So I'm kind of like looking at that and, and thinking, all right, that sounds pretty interesting too. Because with food, that could probably be amazing. Yeah. But I mean, what, what is the, the different quality of beers that you guys have or the different styles? And also what works in China yeah. or Asia?
1: Well, well the, the brewery started uh, with the original Kentucky ale. And this was actually the first craft beer uh, from Kentucky. Mm. Uh, you know, Kentucky has always been about uh, bourbon. Uh, beer was not really a second thought. If it was cold and cheap, uh, that's what people drank. Yeah. Pierce was just sick of drinking, you know, the, the what was available. And he said, you know, I'm a master brewer. I'm a master distiller. I love Kentucky. I'm going to start brewing again. And his first idea was, I want to brew enough beer just for my employees. And then that grew, and it grew, and it grew. You know, we we have our, you know, talking about the range, you know, outside of the barrel aging, uh, we have our IPA. And everybody and their cousin makes an IPA. Yeah. Uh, you know, in ours, you know, probably is similar to other ones. But it's just a really nice dry hop, really nice citrus flavor, super clean, you know, kind of like spring flavors to it. And it's funny because... It's insanely popular in mainland China. We started with the Kentucky Ale IPA, you know, four or five years ago, and it got to the point because we were very driven and focused on the local market yeah. in Beijing and Shanghai, that majority of people trying IPA for the first time was Kentucky IPA. And IPA is not well, famous, and you
0: don't and you don't think of Kentucky no. Ale at all being no. the first IPA you ever want to oh, drink. Absolutely not. I mean. China and Beijing and Taiwan's a little bit different because also it depends on the selection that you do have available, but that's something crazy. I didn't think that that's the beer that would have led you guys into China.
1: It wasn't supposed to be like that. You know, the, our flagship is the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. It's our most award winning, but because we launched pretty early for craft beer, especially imported craft beer in mainland China. Uh, majority of the local Shanghainese and uh, Beijingers, when they're trying it for the first time, they that they're like, "Oh wow, never had an IPA. We love it." Now they associate IPA with Kentucky, which is not normal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think actually it does work out because IPA is probably the most famous choice. So if you are going to have a beer to represent you and you guys have the position for IPA, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that's great. So tell me a little bit also about food and your beers because you do so many dinners.
1: Collaborations with um, chefs, you know, chef and brew collaborations uh, all over Asia.
0: And so what's the craziest pairing that you've tried that worked out? amazingly you would have not expected it at all
1: nothing you know nothing like unexpected uh we love doing something that we call the kentucky double barrel okay uh so think of a black and tan okay okay so basically what you're doing is you're taking the kentucky bourbon barrel ale and you're taking the kentucky bourbon barrel stout and you're pouring it half and half
0: all right Uh, it's delicious Oh, my God. And what about food, though? Like, is there something that you guys are doing that's pairing and that's kind of showcasing both the beer and the food?
1: Marinating. You know, we did an event in Taipei with uh, Chef uh, Cyril. Uh, He's a French-trained chef, amazing guy. And we did a pairing with the peach barrel wheat Mm. uh, with turkey. uh, And he used that to marinate and slow roast the turkey. Uh, We used the Town Branch bourbon in a beef roast and then we use the kbba in a ham roast something there's a restaurant called eddie's cantina
0: where is that in is that uh, here it's in, in taipei and
1: yep and they use our kentucky bourbon barrel stout for chocolate ice cream
0: okay i'm actually like a little bit hungry now <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but anything anything like super crazy uh, I think
0: that's pretty awesome though, having yeah. beer and ice cream or anything, that's pretty pretty interesting and extreme on yeah, its own though. That's delicious. Oh my god, that sounds yeah. so good. Yeah. That's only in Taipei. What about have you ever try, have you heard about that? I didn't even know that was a thing, that you would have like beer and ice cream.
1: Well, you know, I, I did I did a chili contest. Kentucky Island Town branch sponsored me. Um and I made I made it and it was a very Vermont esque, Kentucky esque. Uh, chili and and I use the bourbon. I use the KBBA. Yeah. Uh, the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale and maple syrup to make a really cool, like very rich, a little bit sweet, a little bit uh, spicy chili. Okay. That
0: sounds uh, and I so got good.
1: the, I got the popular of the contest. Nice. I, that chili was gone in like 20 minutes.
0: And what did you put it on?
1: Oh, just, just quick serving. Okay, so quick just serving. trying it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. that sounds so but good. But then when I ran out, I had bourbon, so I was just... Because <laughs> people were like, oh, the chili's gone. I'm like, I know. I got bourbon, though, and I'm just giving out free shots of bourbon.
0: What about Taipei and all about the food scene here? What goes really well with your beer and Chinese food or even Taiwanese food that you've seen really matches really well? It could be even street food.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I think, you know, our brewery, it's, it's like a chameleon. Mm -hmm. You know, it works with like, you know, a higher end restaurant. It works with like a really nice Italian or your classic steak. It works. You know, we're in Japanese restaurants with sushi.
0: Really?
1: Uh, You know, we're in uh, Sichuan style restaurants, Korean style restaurants. So, you know, whether your food's like a little bit spicy, it goes really well with the KBBA. uh, Because it's essentially it's an ale. Yeah. Uh, So it's low carbonation. Uh, really nice and sweet, uh, because of the bourbon aging, you know, if you're doing something with the peach, you know, any kind of light meat, like something Mm. with fish, something fresh. Uh, chicken or turkey
0: obviously you've probably had a beer in hand and gone to the food markets in taipei and the food street and then just tried tons of food and then drinking yeah. at the same time has there anything that kind of crossed you and said all right these like uh, the taiwanese beef soup or something goes really well with your beer so like street food wise have oh, yeah, you found totally. a cool pairing
1: uh, any like what's that i don't eat it very often but the corn they do like the corn, roasted, like, the roasted corn, and they put oh. that powder seasoning on top. That tastes awesome.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. With the KBBA. yeah.
1: Uh, Ningxia, they have this really thick gravy broth and like deep fried uh, fish chunks. I know. In
0: Ningxia, I, mean I that's should, in China, right? Like the yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. What? yeah. Near
0: that's the wine region,
1: McKellar. Yeah, Ningxia oh, okay. Night Market. Okay. Ningxia okay. Night Market.
0: All right, so that's Taipei, though. Yeah. All right. So Good.
1: imagine, you know, imagine pieces of white fish that's deep fried and then put in this really thick gravy-like soup.
0: And that one you would pair with the...
1: i pair it with the KBBS, the stout. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay, that actually Or any of silly. them, honestly.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Or if you
1: put lemongrass, drink it with the IPA or the peach.
0: That's true. Yeah. I think... That's what's kind of crazy with Taipei is that I was really amazed with all the street food because I've, we've been to at least, I want to say six now, different yeah. night markets. And every time I go, I, I find some of the stable food, but I always find something completely interesting. Oh, yeah. And I almost want to do like a segment that we should definitely think of as like beer and street food in Taipei because there's so much interesting food here that you can just find. It needs beer. Yeah. It really is just lacking Deep beer. Deep
1: fried soft shell crab and beer. Yes. I mean, that's like the ultimate Asian beer snack that doesn't exist.
0: We're missing out. But also, like when I'm in back in China, when I'm back in Shanghai, I see so much people, especially like the kind of like the street stalls, you know, where everyone's like making especially you see that actually in Beijing. Jianbing. Yeah. Or even um, just like roasted veggies or roasted yeah. meat at night, you know, oh, yeah. like really late night after you go out on the corner and everyone's drinking a beer. But in Taipei, I haven't. You know, maybe that's just me, but I didn't see as much people sitting on the street drinking a beer. Why is that? Have you seen that too cuz you lived in Beijing, now you live in Taipei. Do you see that too?
1: No, absolutely. I think I think because Taipei is so focused on their night markets. Yeah. And there's so many of them. There really isn't that culture in Beijing or Shanghai. But what you see is the opposite what has started is, you know, especially Shandong too, like yes. every street corner Every little neighborhood, you know, two in the morning, somebody's coming over with their charcoal and you know char, and they're making food from, you know, one a.m. until you know six a.m. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, so they kind of had to do that because there isn't another option, which is more fun because they just take over like, and it doesn't even matter what corner of the street they just take over a street.
0: There's like no rules, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't think we could ever do that back home, even in Canada or America. Just randomly show up and just decide you're you're gonna own that street corner for the night and start barbecuing whatever you could find. No, you just cannot find that at all. But no I love way. like the 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 whole food scene out in Asia because there's so much more interesting food at any time of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: There's something, there's
0: something cooking, right? So let's try some beer. Okay,
1: we're gonna we're gonna start with. I'm
0: already drooling. And open
1: up the kentucky peach bourbon
0: barrel wheat Mm -hmm. it's actually really peachy i wasn't expecting it to have so much like sweet peach it's not at all sour it's very sweet peach and uh, so tell me a little bit about it
1: no definitely you know when when you uh put it up to your nose you really get an intense uh peach aroma uh and this is all natural really yep uh the second thing you know we do a lot of hybrid brews so two brews together so this one is actually a wheat and an ale together and, you know, even though this is being brewed with the peaches and then it's being barrel age in the bourbon for six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. you still have a really, really nice, clean color to it. Really nice. And after you take a sip, you also have to realize that this is 8%. No
0: way. Yeah. I did not realize it at all because there's so much of that peach character and it's kind of like fruity and just enjoyable. I would have never guessed that there's 8%. That's it probably why you say you don't body. have to drink at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so great. You know, this is I don't know, I'm thinking of like pairings right now for this. I'm thinking something just like even a beautifully roast chicken. Oh yeah. Just to put this kind of an emphasis, maybe with like some sweet potatoes and different little veggies next to it. I think that definitely could pair well. And
1: th- this brew, this is our, you know, summer brew. You know, oh, yeah. so think of your think of your favorite kind of outdoor you know, summer food that you're making by the lake. This is the beer that you drink with it. This it's kind of style.
0: Totally. And I could see that you could actually have one or two or three. It's not like one of those beers that like a stout where after one, you're totally fine for the night. This yeah. is something you just keep on drinking and at 8%. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never imagined it at all. This is like something that I kind of caught me off guard at 8%. The, not the flav-
1: yeah. The flavor is sessionable. Uh, the beer itself
0: is not. All right. We're just about to wrap up. And so my... Last thing that we definitely want to get from you is your information because there's tons of people that are big foodies. You come to Shanghai often. You come to Beijing often, but you're based in Taipei. Yep. How can we reach you? How can we follow you? How can we find these amazing beer and spirits?
1: Uh, for for the beer and spirits, check out KentuckyAle.com. If you're in China, WeChat, and you can find me at Dave Bob. If you're on Instagram, and that's KentuckyAleAsia and Dave's of the Week.
0: So instead of days
1: D-A-V-E-S of the week
0: Awesome Thank you so much for joining It has honestly been a very good episode And you brought beer So it actually made it way better So thanks so much for your time And I can't wait to see you back in Shanghai
1: Thank you Cheers guys